Hi, I'm Jacob. And I'm Jessica. Welcome to Clue Done It, the podcast where we make wild guesses about fake TV crimes. Without any clues, context, or apparently accuracy. All right, let's find out. Who was right? Who was wrong? And who is dead? What are we up to today? Let's do it. Uh, Today, we are watching Shakespeare and Hathaway. Which, private investigators. Which she says very seriously. But, like, I actually thought it might be a little bit of a serious show on here. Yeah, how did you think Well, it was I mean, it's like, it's a, it's a BBC show. And Shakespeare, like, we've got prime suspect. Okay, so maybe they're, like, going back in time. And Shakespeare, he's very divorced from the troupe that he's founded. But strange, witchy murder things start happening. And he's really, yeah. like, tortured. And, you know, like Helen Mirren, like, just trying to find the right thing to do and solve these crimes around his yes, troop and keep his troop maybe safe. Maybe he went out to he went out to Stratford after you know his place burned down in England and he was never seen again because he became a private investigator. He became a private investigator. Or, or like he never returned to London or wrote another play. Right. I was also like maybe like during the plague he was trying to figure out what was killing all these people. But I mean that would be a really short series because yeah. it was the plague. Right. <laughs> oh no, why did he die? It was the plague. <laughs> so it was ma- the plague. Twas the plague. <laughs> so yes, maybe maybe not enough legs for a whole like the series corner. on the, the corner. It's, it's the plague. It's the plague. It was the plague. Will. But how could it? This is yeah, no no. It's it, you're aware there's a plague going on, right? Yeah. What yeah, about it was this the plague. one? Plague. Plague. And and these three. Ditto. Still the plague. <laughs> still the plague. Still the plague. <laughs> But I so yeah so I didn't I didn't know what this was you know sometimes people just take two different shows and they cram them together yeah. just to see what happens like I mean yeah. Star Trek was just like essentially like a western in space boom right so maybe like Shakespeare and Hathaway they were just trying to take like moonlighting like a bickering couple like William Shakespeare and his estranged wife Hathaway and like putting them into like like a cop procedural like yeah. maybe that'll work you know what I mean moonlighting meets Shakespeare or something like that yeah. which is not I mean. That actually makes it sound like closer to actually what it is, because it is a little bit of a light comedy, yeah. Like dra- light drama. I won't say it's comedy, but I will say it's light. It's light drama. I think it's light drama. What? Yes. Tell us what it actually is. Now that I have well, completely yeah, befuddled it is. people. Comedy, crime, drama. Okay, there you go. And it is yeah. not it doesn't it doesn't have anything actually to do with Shakespeare or Anne Hathaway. But like they are like it is a it is a pun on the names. We're not yeah, would you lots of pun? puns. Like the whole show is a pun. <laughs> like every episode is some play, and their characters are from some play. Yes, or, the, the names are all plays on character names from plays, and they do shake things up a little bit. Is that uh, Shakespeare is actually the woman in this yes. in this series? She Lou is, Shakespeare. Lou Shakespeare. Luella or Lou or Lou we'll Luella. Go. Luella. Okay, I thought I thought I heard Luella in there somewhere. Yeah. Luella Shakespeare, who uh, she in the first episode she's a bride to be. Yeah. She hires Frank Hathaway to investigate her fiance because uh, she thinks that he's cheating on her, and it turns out he is. But even worse, it turns out that he's a total international con man trying to like screw her and like swindle her out of all of her money which he does yes but they team up together Hathaway and Shakespeare team up together to bring him to justice and she gets her money back and then invests in the private investigation firm yeah she has a photographic memory oh okay and so that becomes that comes in handy for her uh for him 
And also, whereas he's a little gruff and messy, she's really nice. And anybody comes in the door and she's like, oh, what's your problem? Whereas Frank's like, no, we don't take that, those people. We don't do marital things. Yeah, yeah. For whatever reason, they're like, I think my wife's cheating on me. Which I don't he's know. He's like, out. Out, done. Which he did for her, whatever, in any event. Well, she has a dedic memory. She has a photographic memory. He has a handkerchief. Yes. <laughs> like, like, this is apparently the thing that he brings to it. Like, he's... <laughs> Every episode, he finds some reason to, like, shake out his handkerchief and pick up a piece of evidence. It's very cute. And yeah. he's, this is what I don't understand. He's, like, famously slovenly. Like, this is a running joke and everything. He's famously slovenly, and yet he has a handkerchief, which I'm just like... Well, it's for blowing your nose. It's I not kn- for, like, getting rid of I know, but that's what I mean. Like, he's slovenly, but he's still got something to blow his nose in, is what I'm saying. Oh. A, so he still has that. Or B... How gross is that thing that he's slovenly and he's got this like oh, used handkerchief picking right. up all this evidence in it where it's just like, oh, Frank. No, maybe your DNA right. is like you're using that handkerchief, but your DNA is now still all over it. That's just gross, <laughs> Frank. Come on. It does always look very clean when he uses it. So maybe Thank it is God. just for, yeah, he is a former uh, detective inspector. Mm-hmm. And he's very. So he has a lot of experience with working with the police and yes, and how to run an investigation. It's true. And do we know why he left the force? Don't know. Don't know. Okay. I will say that I there is lots of Falstaff in him. Yes. Lots of Falstaff in him, but yeah. I can't quite pin down like where she comes in. And you know what I mean? Like who? Like is there some kind? Like is there any kind of riff on a on a Shakespeare character that she's portraying? Like she's definitely nowhere near Lady Macbeth, and she's don't, oh, and she's definitely no. not near any Juliet, and she's. And now I'm just gonna. You're gonna have to stop me from like rolling through all of my Shakespeare like, <laughs> characters. <laughs> so what episode are we watching? So we are watching season two, episode nine, "The Envious Court." Luella's mother asks for help following death threats made against the owner of her exclusive tennis club, which means that we're going to get Frank in a tennis outfit. (laughs) I was really hoping you were going to say Frank in a tennis skirt. Yeah, right. (laughs) They do like to put him in various, in various, well, actually, I take that back. They do like to make him uncomfortable. Like, they don't like to put him in lots of costumes, but they do like to put him in situations. Well, they always have costumes. I feel like we just watched an episode the other day where they all had to LARP. Right, and yes. And he had to wear this, He like, was an ogre. He was an ogre with a big war hammer, and she was some sort of elf or something, wasn't she? Yes, or, yes, that's exactly what it was. Uh, she was an elf. a wood witch or something, yeah. Yeah, she was an elf. She had lots of flowers and pretty things lots of flowers on. and pointed ears but sebastian yeah. is generally so sebastian is their yeah. helper yes he lives above a costume shop and so he always goes downstairs and so this this character who runs the costume shop she returns this actress returns right. playing that role every t- dressing them up in various things but especially sebastian sebastian always has a fantastic wardrobe Exa- and that's like, where period. I, that's where i was going but, with because he's he's their undercover person yes yeah he's always undercover taking on a character of some sort whether that's like playing a goth or playing an insurance salesperson or a chef he was a chef a in one chef. episode but in his normal day dress he has such the like thrift store outfit going on mm, where he's okay. just put it put like a bunch of things together he looks a little 70s like in terms of like he is this young man who has, takes a lot of weird odd jobs that pay a pittance but as he's trying to make it as an actor. Yes. That is one of the reasons, yes. also one of the reasons he goes undercover all the time is that he was trained as an actor. Yeah, yeah. 
And he went to RADA. So yes. he can do it. So I was trying to put a bunch of pictures together of him for like an edit for, mm-hmm. for Instagram. or And uh, <laughs> when I did the Google search, I was like, oh, that's weird. Why do they include? You know, it's always that thing when you put in Google images, mm-hmm. you put something into Google images, and then you get a bunch of pictures that have nothing to do with that person or so I was just like, well, that's clearly not him. That's clearly not him. And then I went back and I was like, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. That is him. Because he is so transformed right. by costume and hair and makeup. He's adorable. He is. He is adorable. But I don't want to... <laughs> We're going to make this podcast all about him. We're just going to talk about him the whole time. That's not true. We're not going to do that. But before we do just talk all about him, talk to us about Luella a little bit. We haven't really talked about her so much. She's smarter than people give her credit for, especially Frank. Like she does have some very good insights a lot, you know, but she's also very chipper. Because she's just not a nag at all. Yeah, exactly. She's not complaining about the men around her. She, you know, so she's no Mistress Quickly. She's no ingenue. She's mm-hmm. not a Paulina or Paulina, I can't remember, from The Winter's Tale, like, you know, trying to serve up uh, yeah. wisdom and justice and advi- and good advice for the king. When men, that's, that is the nice thing is that she can distract where like Frank and Sebastian, Sebastian's dressed up and so he's like blending in mm-hmm. and finding out information that way. And Frank is hard to hide. Yeah, uh, and just... so he just is who he is. But men who hetero men can be completely distracted by her because she's just so friendly and it is she's friendly and, and flirty and, and yeah. flirty and and if they decide like oh this pretty blonde lady I'm going to flirt with her then she can just be a total distraction right. for the rest of them to move in and do their thing. She's just a lot of fun. She is a lot of fun. She is someone who is just like. She's genuinely delighted. Like, Frank is a bit of a curmudgeon. And, and you know, he, even though you said he's kind of slovenly and sort of in the... I mean, they say... In the description, they say oddball. Mm-hmm. It's kind of odd couple Absolutely. Even yeah, though yeah, odd yeah. couple is totally Neil Simon, and this is a British show. Right. It's a little bit odd couple, except that she's not a neat freak, and she will pick up a donut just as quickly and easily as anybody else. Yeah. And it, do, do you think that Brits are, like, constitutionally incapable of coming up with something like a maple-glazed jelly donut? Why? I don't know. This seems like such an American thing, like a maple-glazed jelly donut, or, like, the donuts with, like, the bacon on top, or, like, putting cereal all over your donut. Like, that does... That seems like such an American thing as opposed to like a British thing. Like a Brit, a Brit would look at this and be like, oh yes, let's take some sweet dough and uh, put some uh, rosemary and thyme in it. And there you go. There's your nice sweet breakfast treat. Whereas Americans would be like, what are you even doing? <laughs> that is that, savory. That is savory. That is not so, no, are you, what are, are, you, are, are you kidding? Another we, time we, of day. We put a little bit of sugar into that dough and then we put some rosemary and sage. Like, no. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, when I first thought you were saying that, I was like, what are you talking about? The scotch egg is like the weirdest. <laughs> it is the weirdest thing, but it's definitely not sugary. It, yeah, you're right. It's not sugary. So you're saying, would they put like a sugary thing together? That yeah, would they put like, like a, a sugary, sugary thing, thing with like another it? sugary thing together mm, on it? Like, yeah. I mean, like, sure, they'll, they'll, I mean, don't get me wrong. The Brits gave us lemon curd. God bless them for that. I, yeah. appre- I appreciate a good lemon curd. But then they go and put it on like really dry scones. Yeah, the scone thing is. It's out of control. I mean, I like a scone. I am not. Who doesn't? On who doesn't scones. like a scone? But like, yeah. like you're lucky if you get like a couple little like dried blueberries in there. Scones. Yeah, I, I had a chiropractor too who okay. made this these specific biscuity things that were like scones, but if possible, way harder. <laughs> How do you do they that? They were so hard, and I was like, 
are they supposed to be this hard? And am I supposed to dunk this in something? <laughs> they were like, warning. And the, the people at the front desk were like, he makes these every year. And they're really hard. You don't have to try it. You don't have to try it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, how does this happen? How do you come up with a, a like a lovely, or, you know, this is something that everybody identifies with from home. This crazy, Where did hard you grow biscuit. up? Like, what is this? I love you, son. Here's a cement pillow. Oh, father, thank you so much. It's so comfy. It's better. So much better than the brick. Yes. There's more air holes in the cement. Yeah, yeah. Hey. Uh, but they have all the candy. I mean, not that Americans don't have, like, crazy candy. But again, candies, their, candy but their candy tastes is... like bog. It's like... <laughs> oh, what? Oh, my gosh. Like, like, don't get... like. So they do things... Okay. First of all, let me say that I am a huge huge Cadbury cream egg fan, which is very much definitely the Brits. So good on you, Brits. I appreciate that. But they also gave us like Cadbury whipped, which is just like a full size bar that you're paying just as much money for that is full of air. Like they pump it full of air. It's not even like crackly air. Like, you know, like not even like a Rice Krispie thing in there where it's like, it gives you like some crunch or anything or a honeycomb or anything, which they also have. Yeah. But no, it's just air. So you're paying for half the chocolate. Why is this a good thing? How is this like? Oh, it's lighter. Ah, uh, well. Anyways, but then yes, but then they have weird flavored candy. It's like they just can't get their brain around. No, no, no. It's okay, Britain. Life can be sweet. You can have things that are just you know, pleasant. <laughs> no, there's another war coming. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well. Okay. So, is there anything we need to know before we get into this? Yes. So, as I mentioned, most of the names and some of the plot points are similar to those found in in this episode in As You Like It. Oh, okay. The title, The Envious Court, is from Act 2, Scene 1 of As You Like It, in which the Duke Signor says, Are not these woods more free from peril than the Envious Court? Great. Okay. (laughs) Well, we will have some sweet, sweet guesses right after we watch Up to the Body. So we'll see you soon. See you soon. Okay, here we go. Let's start it out. We start out with Lou and her mother Genevieve walking along. No, actually, take that back. That's not where we start. That's true. We start with a tennis lesson. There are these two young ladies get one is one is a coach one is a player and the coach is telling the girl like to giving her tips on how to serve better and the girl who's getting the lesson doesn't care because she's besotted with this like hunky tennis player over here by the name of can you guess it orlan orlan not orlando (laughs) just orlan Anyways, because apparently Orlan is a better, more modern name. (laughs) Right. Orlando Bloom is a person, people. Like, he's a hunky person that people like. He may be even from the Commonwealth. So, like, no, just... just, He is. Yeah. See? There you go. Just go ahead and call Orlan. Who's... or Maybe maybe call him Lando. Go Star Wars route. Oh, yeah. He's Lando. Sure. Sure. Makes sense to me. Anyways, whatever. Yes. So one of the the player is besotted over this Orlan character. And the coach is a little like, focus, you need to be better. But there are two young ladies there. 
And then walking along the court comes along Genevieve and Luella. And Genevieve is Luella's mother. And she is giving her the hard sell to join up with the tennis club so that she can meet some eligible bachelors. Mm -hmm. And Luella is like, I'm stressed enough. I'm trying to study for my private investigator exam because then I can be a fully fledged private investigator. Like, I have to admit, I did not realize. I mean, I guess I'm glad that you have to get like certified to become a private investigator. What are you? This is. This is like in all the shows. That's what I in mean. In Private Eyes, it's a big deal. It's a pri- for, that's, This is what uh, I'm saying. In Private Eyes, it's a big deal. In, in Stumptown, Stumptown, it's a big deal. It's a big in deal. this, it's a big deal. Like I guess I just didn't realize this. I mean, did Magnum PI have to have a private investigator's license? I guess. I, I think, think all you so. needed was just I mean, a Ferrari. You needed a in the '80s. All you needed was a Ferrari <laughs> or a van, and you were a private investigator. That's it. You had like a Ferrari, you had Kit, or you or had a van, a like Jaguar. the A-Team, or a Jaguar. Who was the Jaguar? Morse. Morse. Yeah. See? Well, but, I mean, Morse was a, a cop, though. Morse yeah. was Morse was an actual police oh, person. Oh, okay, fine. So, but I mean, like a private investigator. Like, that's all mm-hmm. you needed. You just needed a, a bitchin' car, and you were a private investigator. Well, in Stumptown, she does not have She a, does not have a bitchin'. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe if you don't. Well, well, no. Jason Priestley has a bitchin' car. Oh, well, he does. So, it's I true. mean, so. So, uh, so where he did, passed. So, I don't know. Easily. Like, where did, where did all this bureaucracy come into this is what I'm saying. I want me some private investigators who don't care about the rules who just get results, damn it. <laughs> In any event, Luella wants that piece of paper. Even though she's already a partner in the firm, she wants that investigator. So anyways, as her mother is telling her that she needs to join up and meet hunky men, another hunky man shows up. He's much more silver fox, much more age appropriate for Genevieve, Luella's mom. And they come up and they have a little flirty flirt McFlirterson thing yes, happening it's here. making Luella so uncomfortable. She's it's sort of like... Deeply uncomfortable, Yes. <laughs> And as they're flirting, guess what? A surly old groundskeeper walks up. His name is Adam. He warns... Adam is also from As You Like It. Adam is also... Oh, is he? Yeah. Okay, great. Did not know that. There you go. Oh, Frederick is the name of the silver fox who's flirting with Genevieve. Mm -hmm. So Frederick comes up and flirts with Genevieve. Adam comes in and says, I've warned you about that bottom field. And Frederick like leans in and is just like, it's fine. We just tell the members not to go there. So... Thank you, exposition. And then Genevieve wants to brag about her daughter working at a CPA firm, and Lou is having none of this. She's just like, no, I'm a private investigator. I'm proud of this mother. I'm even a partner in the firm. And while her mother dies of embarrassment, Frederick is like, oh, well, then I need to show you something. And he gets super creepy and he close to her. He has no personal space. He has zero personal space. I mean, like, he, like, walks right up and gets all up in her face to, like, the point where she's, like, trying to walk she, away. Yeah, steps backwards. And the he, camera, like, he like, follows her. Out. Yeah. And so, and in any event, he's like, you have to show you this. And she's, and so they go inside his office where he's got something covered with a towel. Like something hanging on the wall is covered with a like a and white gym towel. And there's a really big flower arrangement yes. in front of it as well. Like it's or hilarious. just below it. Yeah. Um, but so Lou was like, so he's like, I think someone is trying to kill me. And Lou was like, well, what makes you think that? And he like pulls the towel off the thing on the wall, and it's a picture of him. And written in paint over the picture is a phrase, "I'm going to kill you." And that'll that'll do it. That'll, yeah, that'll that's definitely what make Luella so. says. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that uh, that'll that counts. So there you go. <laughs> There's our crime. We don't have a body, which, you know what? That's fine. That's fine. We have the threat yes. of a murder happening. Yeah. So and that happens a lot in these, these because it's crime, not necessarily Right. It's not necessarily murder. crime. It's not necessarily murder. And there, who knows? We may get a body count. Yeah. Maybe, there might be somebody who ends up It might up dead. not be who you think it is. Right. Though. Yeah. Because, well, there was another one we watched, which was the same thing. Like, somebody comes to them. Someone's trying to kill me. And it was a whole different, like, a whole different 
Turnabout. Turnabout. Thank you. And Different plot turnabout twist. and plot twist. Yes, turnabout, plot twist. See, the British show just makes me forget all my English words. <laughs> so yeah, there you go. Who is trying to kill this person? Who is trying to kill Frederick? Is anyone trying to kill Frederick? Maybe he's putting this all on as a way to get insurance money. Maybe this is an insurance scam to fix up the bottom field. I don't know. Maybe it's... Oh, what we also didn't tell you is that as they're there talking about getting Genevieve, not Genevieve, as as they're there talking about trying to get Luella to join the club, Frederick's like, yes, you, of course you should join the club. Just like my daughter Cecilia, one of our... Oh, not Cecilia. She, he just says Celia. My, my granddaughter Celia, she's one of our rising stars. And he kind of points over to the two ladies who are having the tennis match. So clearly one of them is Celia. I'm imagining the person receiving the tennis lesson. And so my guess is, of course, that the tennis coach is named Rosalind. Um, Her name is actually Rose Lynn. Oh, geez. Okay. Her Great. last name is Lynn. Right. Sure. Rose Lynn. Lynn. So there you go. Rose Lynn. Yeah. Uh, so we know that. Spoilers, Jessica. Oh, yeah. We're, we'll get into spoilers later in the show. So I guess there's your spoiler alert there. So there we go. What have we got? Let's get into some guessing. Yeah. Rose Lynn does not seem very happy with oh, she's, Celia. Yeah, she's very like grr, angry, trying to get her to like shape up and pay attention and not be so flirty. Yeah. Oh, and there's one thing that you I don't think you mentioned, which is the reason this is Genevieve's club, her tennis club. She belongs to it. Yes, she's the social secretary. But she's a social secretary, and we didn't really talk about that. So she has a responsibility and apparently things have really turned around since she started. Mm -hmm. And she also could get Luella a discount there, which so she could meet eligible bachelors. And right. eligible bachelors like Orlan. Orlan. Is our one example. Orlan. My nickname is now just going to be Jayco. <laughs> Orlan. I'm Jayco. Doesn't that just doesn't that, doesn't, that just makes me hunkier, doesn't it? Jayco. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. There's like a perfume about you, a certain <laughs> Jaco, axe, my musk. body spray, scent, or something. Jaco. You definitely have a popped collar. Oh yeah, thing, yeah, 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 yeah. Shirt. Popped collar. Probably. Like, I, I, am I doing that thing with my? Am I? Am I, do, am I doing that thing with my trousers where I'm like kind of like, like rolling pegged. them up, pegged? That's out there. Yeah. Yes, pegging my trousers. Probably. That sounds dirty now. You can't say pegging your trousers anymore <laughs> like you used to in the nineties. <laughs> Okay, so yes, my guess as Jacob yeah. is that uh, I'm going to get into my I'm going to get into my poet mode, my Jacob poet mode. Actually, no, like no, 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 that's that's not true. Like Jacob would not be a poet if Jacob is a tennis professional. Jacob would kind of be the type of person who's like very much no, no. Jacob is very Andre Agassi. Like, oh yeah, he's the bad boy of tennis. He's like yeah. got some long hair. And he likes to take photos. Photos? <laughs> well, Andrew, I don't know if you remember, but I, I, Andre Agassi was, because he was the bad boy of tennis, he had a sponsorship deal with the Canon Rebel. Oh, it was really? It was supposed to be an easier 35 millimeter point and shoot. It was like, and he was just like, it's a rebel just like me. So yes, I'm the bad boy of the tennis club, but I'm still, I'm still really good at tennis but I'm like un great. unorthodox and I'll show up and I'll just be like, ah, too many G&Ts, but I'm still going to kick your butt and I'll take <laughs> photos of you while I do it. And I'll complain about line calls, but secretly I'm very actually studious. Right. So there you go. That is my character. And as this character, I have to say that I don't think, I think Celia is just 
receiving way too much attention because she's the granddaughter of the person who does it. So, or the person who owns or is president of this place. And I am very bitter about the fact that she's receiving so much attention when I maybe should be getting attention because I'm a rising star and I'm a bad boy and I'm taking pictures of her flirting with Orlan and I've given them to Frederick and I'm just like, this is inappropriate. You need to like stop this or make sure Orlan goes away. But Orlan, he, Frederick doesn't. And I think that this is very unprofessional. This is very unprofessional. And so I decide to take matters into my own hand. And as Jekko, I am trying like, first I sabotage the bottom field and that doesn't work. And then finally like, I'm going to murder him. I'm going to threaten to murder him unless I get my way because I'm a bad boy. So that's Wait, what I think is going on. Are so you all I'm, of a sudden in the episode? I, I'm not in the episode, but I think there's, I think the Jacquees or the Jaco character, I think this is who it is. I think, I think we have moved from me being this character to this character being in there. That's we just my, haven't met this person. We just haven't met this person yet. In correct. The show. In the show, correct. So this will be an character that will show up right it is angry tennis player another angry tennis player who thinks that maybe they should be receiving all of this like pride and attention mm -hmm. that celia is getting and maybe is sabotaging everything and is trying to like murder him just to like make sure that attention is paid for the people who really do take tennis seriously yeah that's yeah. what i think and I got there in kind of a weird way. I'm kind of proud of that. There you go. Yeah. Acting. <laughs> <laughs> ladies, job, and, ladies and gentlemen, this is why I'm no longer an actor. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. Wow. Okay, yeah. So we're going to meet this other character. We're going to meet this other character. Yeah. And yeah. maybe, and if he's, oh. if he's taking photos, I get a bonus point. <laughs> okay. I, I think Rosalind did it. You're just going right for Rosalind just because yeah. she's just so, just so she's grouchy. Grouchy. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think she's angry because she's a coach. She doesn't, she didn't get the, the, the money or prestige, position. the tennis. No, no. She didn't get to be like the star athlete. Oh, she wasn't actually like, she didn't actually get onto the yeah. tour. Mm -hmm. And so she is, that she is the tennis pro. That's mm -hmm. when you're, you're right. The you're right. She's the coach. coach she's the tennis pro. You're, you're right. The tennis pro on the, at the oh, tennis club. Oh, Jessica. What? Are you bringing in your tennis experience with all of this? Is that is this <laughs> is this where you're getting this? That's <laughs> By the way, there ends. <laughs> Thus endeth the tennis knowledge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm bringing the commercial aspect. You're bringing the I know the tennis pro is someone who's there. That's it. That's what we know. Okay, yeah, good. Yeah. You know, well, okay, I know one other thing about tennis. Oh, please. Um, ladies who play a lot of tennis will frequently get very tan legs, but they all wear tennis shoes, obviously, and socks. So they always have a sock line. Oh. And so Steffi Graf, Graf yeah. was the on the cover of some famous tennis magazine. I can't remember. It was the most famous tennis magazine. Sure. And she was wearing this cute little out, very, like it had sort of a business theme to it. Mm -hmm. Like I'm a businesswoman kind of theme. Right. She's the um, but boss it was of the a, court. Yes, she. It was a very kind of bossy, boss outfit, but it was cute, right? And kind of short. And then you know she had her tan legs, and then she was wearing, shoot, the word is escaping me. She was wearing strappy heels. Uh huh. So it just had like a little strap covering her toes, and then a strap around the ankle, yeah. and then they were stilettos. And the strap was a different color on the ankle than it was over the toes. And it was sort of like a red, white, and blue thing going uh -huh. on. But the thing about it is that it was very strappy. So her 
ankle <laughs> strap was separate from her right. tan line. You got the tan line, yes. And I just remember talking about this with the receptionist at the front desk of the Tennis Association where we were like, do we like this? Do we not like this? I mean, I guess she's really proud of it. I guess this is a thing among tennis ladies, but <laughs> like... So Weird. tan lines. So tan lines are going to become a plot point, is what I'm hearing. From I you. I don't know. You get a bonus but point if tan lines become I, a, become yes, a plot point. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> if if the customer is paying attention, <laughs> then the actresses will wear strappy sandals and show their tennis lines, or or maybe they won't, and so that we'll all be like, oh, are they actually good at tennis? Because they don't have. You right. Know, yes, we'll know. We'll know that these are just actors. <laughs> tennis tan angles. I will say this. I'm going to jump in for a second because now that I'm thinking about this, as we're talking about this, like one of the big scandals in tennis is that it's ridiculously easy to. It's one of those sports where it's ridiculously easy to corrupt. Because it's just one person on one person. And in the lower levels, like in the lower levels of the tour, like there's lots of money at the top, but at the bottom level, there's not a whole lot of money. Mm -hmm. So you can get these, it's like boxing to a certain extent. Like you can set up these matches and if you're betting on these matches, you can have somebody like organized crime comes to people and gets them to throw matches so that they can like bet on these matches and win a lot of money and launder money through it. Like it's a it's a huge unspoken scandal in the sport right now mm. is that there is this very corrupt layer of it towards the bottom. So there could be like I'm wondering if there is some like if they really wanted to go to the criminal element in this as opposed to like keeping it light and fluffy if they wanted to bring in some a little bit of like reality to it like law oh. and order. And th this is not really a law and order type show, but if they wanted but... to be law and order there could be some kind of like weird gambling betting yeah. corruption happening around all of this too or maybe maybe Rosalind is angry because she was because she like her career tanked because she wouldn't play with the mobsters who wanted her to throw matches mm. or and maybe maybe Jaco is trying to take down all these people like and that's why he's got the photos he's taking the photos yes. because he's like taking photos of people who are like fixing matches and this is why and Frederick isn't doing enough <laughs> Again, a character that has not been introduced. That has not been introduced and is maybe slightly based on me who took one summer of tennis lessons as a kid <laughs> long enough to get the free tennis racket from the NJTL. Yeah. So this is me coming in with some knowledge based okay. on lots of Andre Agassi commercials. That's the extent of my tennis knowledge. <laughs> All right, nice. I like it. So what do you think is happening with the lower field? That's a good question. I don't know. I'm wondering if like there's some kind of like... I. I imagine there's some kind of flooding because it's the lower field. So I imagine it got flooded. I, I feel so unimaginative. I cannot figure out what is going on with that field. I feel like it's something. It sounds the way Adam's talking about mm -hmm. it. It sounds like murder. Right. Like there are literally bodies buried out there. Right. But I can't figure out why Frederick would say keep the members out mm -hmm. and say that other people can wander around as much as they want maybe you're I mean, overthinking it maybe he's just saying keep people away from it yeah yeah i guess could be and maybe adam's just concerned about sheep poo maybe maybe it, yeah, there maybe. could be just a lot there of could sheep just be a lot there. of sheep poo yeah maybe he's just leasing it to local farmers and yeah. there's just a lot of sheep poo yeah okay so you're guessing sheep poo <laughs> I do believe that it's the first time we've ever had sheep poo as a suspect. <laughs> What's the 
word for sheep poo? I think it's just dung. Is it just dung? dung? Like, I know it's cow dung. I don't know if it's sheep dung as well. Elephant dung. So. Elephant dung, sheep. Sure. Scat. It's not. I don't think it's scat. Yeah, that's too tiny for sheep. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess dung. Not <laughs> all I can think about is sheep farts. <laughs> <laughs> Do they fart? Oh, they must. They must. They yes. must fart. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. But I think it has something to do with this Rosalind. I, I, I need, I need, Rosalind. Rosalind. And I think she did it. Uh, You're saying Rosalind. I, You're just going straight for Rosalind. Rosalind. I think she did it. I'm calling her. I probably not, though, because it's just too obvious that she's being like kind of mean and uh, sort of upset with uh, this flighty Celia and who's clearly making eyes at Orlan. You know, and that just reverses the whole actual story of As You Like It. But whatever. I still think I'm going to I'm gonna call Rosalind. I'm going to be wrong, but I'm calling Rosalind. And there's it's something to do with the field where there may or may not be bodies buried. And I'm going with sheep. I'm going with sheep on the, on the lower field. Yeah. You're going for bodies. I'm going for sheep. Maybe, maybe it's a poisoned field or maybe, something. Maybe. I also really hope that there is like some sweaty slow-mo tennis match between two hunky guys. Oh. They're, like there's some like, rather than a wrestling match, there's some like tennis match between like two hunky guys where you just get to see two hunky guys just like, uh, uh, and the sweat's like flying off of them and they're just like all barrel chested and like hitting the tennis ball and all the ladies are like, <laughs> well, I wonder if actually we're going to have a tennis match between Rosalind and Celia. Which would, again, go against the script because mm-hmm. in the, I mean, in the Shakespeare script. Right. the Shakespeare script, those two are attached to the have been friends for BFFs yes. of the First Order. But I, I think there is going to be a tennis match. You just think it's going to be between, be between the ladies. Yeah. Okay. So I've got the men for the tennis match. You've got the ladies. Yeah, that's I've got some unknown bet. character, Jaco, that we haven't met yet. And yeah. you've got Rose Lynn. Yes. There we go. Yes. We're going to find out. We'll be right back. Right back. We're back. When we last left our heroine, she was shocked, shocked, I say, by the revelation that Frederick was threatened with murder. Then we went away and we made, (gasps) yes, shocking. We made, then we went away. We made some guesses and hopefully you were more intrigued by the guesses than like Shakespeare was. She could care less. When we returned to the show, not only did they have nothing to say about the revelation that he was, like, threatened with murder, she, like, they had moved, even moved locations. She was lying on a couch on her back studying for her PI exam with Sebastian. It's yeah. like, wait a minute, what was this little switcheroony here? So, anyways. Oh, and, yeah, she was so unimpressed, we find out that she had actually turned down the job. She had turned down the job. And yes. so Frank is... Uh, Frank is livid. Flummoxed and livid. Better. We'll get there. Yeah. We'll get okay, there to that okay. because the most important thing that, like, as our close astute observers will have noticed, they would have also, like, they have noticed. Wait a minute, she's studying. I thought she had a dedic memory. Why is she studying for this test? Well, good job, listeners, for remembering that because it turns out her dedic memory doesn't work when she's stressed out, mm, and yeah. she's super stressed about this exam. Yay. So she's studying with Sebastian. But you're right. You were right. Frank is absolutely livid, especially when he finds out when Genevieve comes over, Llewell's mother, 
comes over and says, by the way, I was offering to pay double your normal price for you guys to solve this. And Frank is like, you can study later. We're taking this job. <laughs> yeah. So they all turn around and head back out to the tennis club. He throws her her jacket from the last episode. Does he? Yeah, because this episode she is wearing a poncho. <laughs> a very the, beautiful the, wool poncho. The ponchos are back, people, and there's nothing you can do about yeah. it. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so they go to the club, the tennis social club. They get a, You get a brief glimpse of Orlan and Celia flirting at the front desk. And then Frederick descends from the stairs like the regal man that he is. And he comes down to greet them, Shakespeare and Hathaway, and orient them to the club. And though it's, he points out that even though she's a rising star, and even though Celia will someday appear at yes. Wimbledon, mm-hmm. he still makes her earn her keep and work at the club. And today, she's working at the front desk. Minimum wage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she's welcoming people. Although I have to say, she's not very welcoming. She gives she them. She gives them their welcome gifts, which are, can you guess what the welcome gift is? Stags. There's two little stags. Two little plushy stags. So kudos to kudos to Jessica for remembering that and prepping us for that little in-joke that the writers gave. (laughs) Good job, Jess. But as long as you're so full of information, Jess, what can you tell us about the actress giving them out? Tell us about Celia and Orlan, her love interest. Well, Celia is uh, so interesting. She's played by Loby Mills, and I think her actual given name is is Olivia, but there might be already an Olivia Mills mm. in like yeah, Equity in the, in the or something or, or whatever. Yeah. So she goes by Loby Mills, and this is her only IMDb credit. Oh wow, this is it. Yes, she graduated from the Oxford School of Drama in 2020. Oh, uh, she did a one-year course there, not the three-year, but. She graduated, so this school, I had actually, I'm embarrassed. I had not, never heard of it. I have never heard of it it's either. It's like one of the top 10, top five drama schools in England, um, apparently, or they were named that by some... Some uh, magazine somewhere magazine, gave yeah. them that honor. Yes, good and for them, good yes, for them. Yeah, and it lost, lots of accomplished actors have gone there, including Lily from the Space, the space Sex Girl and Sex Education. Oh, right. The one who's obsessed yeah. with aliens. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. The mastermind thief guy in Shadow and Bone. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. The one who walks with a limp. Yeah. Uh, Claire Foy from The Crown and mm-hmm. many, many other yes, things. Yes, yes, yes. Georgina in The Great. She's the... She's the one who likes to sleep with Peter. Yeah. Well, yeah. She's like his mistress, yes. basically. Um, so what I'm hearing so, is that they've earned this reputation. Yeah. This seems school, to seems to be putting out a yeah, bunch of people. Good, good for her going there. And she has, uh, Loby has a few other theater credits outside of school. And I noted that she lists tennis on her special skills list. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That is a lie. In her resume. <laughs> that is a lie. <laughs> one of the scenes in the background, maybe it's not, maybe it's not. But one of the scenes in the background, she's just doing that whole, like, she's doing the thing that I learned in tennis, which is like, Bounce the ball, whack it over the net as a serve. Yeah. Like that is her practice. She's like they're like, she's gonna hand. be at Wimbledon. I'm like, not serving like that. She's not. <laughs> I mean, as an actor, she can in hold the a racket. Sure, she can hold a racket. She can hit a ball if it's sent to her. And I maybe suppose. they were like, you can bounce it. And so she was, you know, how the the tennis players always before they serve, they're like psyching out their opponent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Drop oh the ball oh, a couple yep, times, yep, drop yep. the ball a couple times, speed, speed, wind, speed, and then they throw it up. And yeah. T- and 
Who knows? She could probably or, kick know, my butt in tennis. For sure. It, and, you know, trying to do that in the background of some shot that's going in three different directions. Yeah. That could be really tiring to do that overhand. Or is that what enough. it's called? Overhand? The overhand serve? Overhand, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the overhand serve. So maybe that's why they did that. But I did think that was hilarious. I don't mean to pick on a young actress, but there you go. I'm sure I we'll just see did. her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, highly skilled on her resume she is listed as playing lacrosse so maybe she should actually get hired for lacrosse we'll put a, we'll put uh, lacrosse on the on the list scripts. for the next thing we watch and i'm sure <laughs> i'm sure she could kick my butt in tennis yeah uh, the guy who plays orlan rollins mm-hmm. is julian moore cook and okay so there's one thing you need to know about all Please. the writers and actors and creative on this show they have pretty much all done the doctors. They all have well, that's a show. Okay, it's got kind it. of like their ER got a little it. bit. Um they've all done all done Holby City, which is actually more like their ER. The guy who plays Orlin Julian, Moore Cook, has been in Holby City and he's been in Doctors. But then he broke the mold because he was on Endeavor. Oh. And he was in Peaky Blinders oh my and goodness. 24. And he is in the new season of Dairy Girls. Oh, wow. Which I didn't realize there was a third season because I I guess I haven't been paying attention. I've been working, but it came out in April. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. So, uh, so he's in that. Not that, you know, it's like a lot to break the mold. Like he just got onto some other shows and he's done a lot of London theater, including the National Theater National Theater's Mother Courage, which he has in his, as images in his IMDb credits, which you, I thought was cool because a lot of people just, you know, choose some rando p- picture from their TV, you know, some TV right, yeah. show they were in and you're like, that's not even the best one of you, but okay, sure. But yeah, he included really great shots from that, sh- that play. If you're doing Mother Courage in theater, you're going to work that. you got to work that as hard as you possibly can. Because let's be honest, it's not going to get you a whole lot. (laughs) Nobody goes to see Mother Courage. Oh, come on. People love it. No, they don't. It's a classic. Nobody. I will agree with you that it's a classic, but I'm here to tell you nobody loves Mother Courage. People do Mother Courage. It's It's like broccoli combined with okra. Nobody likes it. They just eat it because it's something they're supposed to do. Oh my gosh, you're really throwing down. All right, fine. I'm sorry. I do. I'm. Yeah. yeah. No, not a fan. Well, maybe that's what that was his breakout role. Maybe it was, and good for him. And I'm glad he curve. did. I'm yeah. glad he did. But man, work it, work it, use it. Yes. All right. Now that we know about them, let's go back to the mystery and find out who all of our suspects are. Frederick leads Shakespeare and Hathaway through everybody that we can think of. First of all, is it the previous owner who might be doing this? No, the previous owner is in jail for cooking the books. That's how Frederick came to be involved in this place at all. He bought it when the other guy, when it was about to go under because he loved it so much. Great. So if the previous owner isn't a suspect, that leaves us with Orlan, Rose Lynn, who is the daughter of the previous owner. The guy in jail. Yeah, nobody likes her. She's super grumpy. And Adam, the groundskeeper we Mm -hmm. talked about, also very sus. So, in order to talk to these people, Frank decides to take a lesson from Rose to question her and tells Shakespeare that she needs to go cozy up to Orlan, which she is happy to do. But she doesn't get too much out of him because he's, you know, they really do make him kind of a bimbo, not a bimbo. A himbo? A himbo, yes. They make him a bit of a himbo, a bit of a bro himbo. He's like, hey, how are you? But she doesn't, so she doesn't get much out of him, except for the fact that she sees that he drives a Jag, a fancy car that he... And he is just a tennis pro. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. So he cannot afford that car. No. So also in his line of work, Frank dons a bunch of tennis whites. And it turns out, no surprise to anyone, he's real bad at tennis. Yes. <laughs> so there's this great scene of him looking ridiculous in tennis whites and like flailing at these tennis balls as they come at him. Being so just coached by Rose Being Lynn. coached by Rose Lynn. So just let us pause to appreciate Frank in tennis whites yes. and the customer who keeps finding these great outfits for them all. Yes, yes. Well, the customer is Claire Collins. She has a ton of Father Brown and a ton of Shakespeare. How is it? How, Father, Brown, Father Brown is just a lot of priest stuff and some nun stuff and then like normal clothes, right? It's not a lot of nuns. It's Father Brown and, you know, he's there's all the people, the townspeople, because there are like a bajillion people that get killed. <laughs> there are and a bajillion people who get killed and in the townspeople. And it's a period piece. Because it's Is it? I, like, thought it was a, I thought it was a regular day piece. No, it's, it's like pre-war. Pre-war? Or is it post-war? It's around the war. There's some. There's war involved. I, so, anyways, she's done. She's know. done. Father Brown. Yeah, she's she's done a ton of Father Brown, Canterville Ghost, and Sister Boniface mysteries. You know, which the usual. that's a new one, right? That's the Sister Boniface yes, is, new? is new. Okay. Yeah, that'll probably be on our list at some point. And do you want to tell us about Frank? So Frank Hathaway is played by Mark Benton, and Mark has been seen on a variety of film and TV series. Most recently, you probably spotted him in the Peter Dinklage Cyrano. He played Montfleury. What? Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that the is that the baker? Montfleury <laughs> is the fat, untalented actor whose Cyrano bans from the stage. Oh, okay. Okay, sure, that makes sense. I get it. He was also in The Nevers. Uh, he And then, I don't know this show, but apparently it was really big in England. He had the memorable role as the math teacher, Daniel Chalky Chalk, in the, in the show called Waterloo Road. Mm. He's also done mysteries like Death in Paradise, Midsummer Murders, Father Brown, of course, Vera. So he memorably also competed on the 11th series of Strictly Come Dancing, oh, which is like Strictly Ballroom. Sure. Or Strictly, or whatever our dance shows are. So you think you can dance. Dancing with the Stars. Dancing with the Stars. Like yes. Yeah, it's basically Dancing with the Stars. He finished in seventh after losing in the dance-off to Holly Oak star Ashley Taylor Dawson. He also played a famous, and in commercials, he played the role of the bank manager in a string of eight television commercials for the National Building Society, which apparently everybody in England knows. And it, those commercials were directed by our... I was about to pass off on this information. Right. I was like, whatever, okay. But the commercials are all directed by Armando Inucci, who created Beep. Oh! And right, all right, those right. other yes. political, circle, yes. prime minister type, and U.S. in the loop type shows. That's fantastic. But at the tennis lesson, Rosalind does not come off looking fantastic. She turns on a tennis ball machine and points it at Hathaway. And while he's comically bad at hitting the tennis balls, she reveals that she was on the pro tour. But she didn't like to travel. And she, when she got injured, she just gave it up and came home. But she definitely doesn't like working at the same place where her father was a criminal. But it's a job for now. And while she's delivering this exposition, there's a scream. 
So everybody rushes off to discover what the scream is, and it turns out it's Genevieve. And she's standing over a life-size version of Perry the Stag mascot, like a costume-like mascot suit. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's hilarious. I saw this in the picture on IMDb, and you, so you can go and look at that. Right. Well, I'll put it on our Instagram, too. But I was like, what? How, how, does, <laughs> how a, does this even How does a work? furry end up in this episode? <laughs> There's so many things going on. <laughs> well, the furry is killed because there's a stake through its heart. So yes, stags are getting killed in these woods. Good job, Shakespeare and Hathaway writing team. Yeah. Yeah. Jess, why don't you tell us about the writing team? Well, the writing team that created this are Paul Matthew Thompson and Jude Tyndall. And Paul Matthew Thompson, uh, this is his first creating credit. He has lots of writing credits, um, multiple episodes of Vera, Father Brown, Holby City, Casualty, EastEnders, Doctors, Land Girls. My Lord. <laughs> and he has an Edgar Allan Poe Award for his episode of Vera, which is a show we will probably watch in our next season. Okay. And talk about, yeah. Then Jude Tyndall is, has most recently created Sister Boniface Mysteries, and she's also the... I, so you can't say creator because mm-hmm. this Canterville Ghost was written by Oscar Wilde. So I'm just, I would call her the writer, but she's the adapter. She's every single episode. Yeah. And so they just has a writing credit. So she is the lead writer. There's okay. no one else writing the okay. show. And she's also done Father Brown, lots of episodes of Doctors and Land Girls. So somehow they were all in a writing room together and got paired up. And then this episode also is written by Kit Lambert, who is also the lead writer on Father Brown. He's also written EastEnders, Doctors, Holby City, Sister Boniface Mysteries. <laughs> so- Father Brown and Sister Boniface. They're like they're just this this team is just weaving all through yeah, that. They just love working together. Well as I said, Jude is the creator of yeah. that show. So that's no They know the people they like to work with. They're working yep. with each other and they're doing good work on this as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. So keep it up, people. But on a serious note there's a serious note attached to Perry the Stag. It asks for $100,000 cash, or it says, Frederick, you'll be next. It doesn't say Frederick, you'll be next, but it's like 100000 or you'll be next. So now there's the murder threat has doubled down. And so now, you know what it's time for after there's a murder threat? It's time for a murder board. Everybody goes back to the office and <laughs> yes. puzzles over the murder board. Rose might want revenge, so, so she's a suspect. Orlin might want the money to pay for his lifestyle. Adam might need the money. Turns out Adam, they discover this somehow, Adam might need the money to pay f- to keep his wife in a nursing home. Turns out, like, it's very expensive to keep her in this home. So, but Hathaway still isn't convinced that the threat is real at all. So he decides, we're just going to leave fake money for the criminal. We'll put security cameras all around it. We'll use the fake money as bait in the drop zone, and we'll discover who's doing it, and we'll catch them. The drop is scheduled to happen during the annual Battle of the Sexes tennis match at the club when the top male and the top female players play each other. This year, of course, Celia is the top female player and Orlin is the top male player. So while this match is going on, Lou and Hathaway sit in the car and watch the video from the cameras and nothing happens and nothing happens and nothing happens. And they're just about to believe that the threat is meaningless when there's a hue and cry from the tennis court. Turns out Orlan has collapsed during the match. He has, uh, they don't know what's going on. They think it's a heart attack. But as everyone examines him, Frank sees that his hand is super blistered. And, and, wait for it, wait for it, here it comes. Did I put, I can't remember, did I put a prop bet down that Frank was going to pull out his handkerchief at some point? 
I don't remember. <laughs> you did, I think. I don't well, think I put no, down a bet. I was just, I was just like, we just knew it was going. We to just happen. knew it was going to happen, and it does. He yes. pulls out a handkerchief and picks up the tennis racket. It's now a piece of evidence because Orland has been poisoned. His hand is covered in blisters. But they also realize that, oh my gosh, this is just a distraction. What's going on in the locker room? They rush off to the locker room. It's too late. Turns out that the blackmailer knew there were security cameras and turned off the lights, so they caught nothing on camera to this at all. So it was a, they didn't get anything, they lost the plant money, and now the threat has doubled to 200,000 pounds. Yeah. All of this is especially worrisome to Genevieve, Luella's mother, remember. She and Frederick steal a moment in the club's sauna, where Frederick confesses he doesn't have the money to pay the blackmailer. He mortgaged himself to the hilt to keep the club afloat, and he doesn't know what to do. Genevieve is very conciliatory, and they're canoodling, canoodling, in the sauna when Luella walks in and discovers them and promptly tries to wash out her eyes to forget the cringy scene of her mother with this guy. But I can't get enough of their couplehood. I love it. In the sauna. In the sauna. (laughs) So in any event, Jess, tell us all about Genevieve and Frederick. So... Genevieve is played by Julia Deacon, and she is part of Simon Pegg's ensemble. She um, started with him in his breakout TV show called Spaced, and then she was in Shaun of the Dead. She was in Hot Fuzz. She was in The World's End. So, you know, the ensemble that he he continues to work with. Jessica Hines, Nira Park, and director Edgar Wright. So she also has done Holby City, The Bill, Midsummer Murders, Coronation Street, blah, 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 blah. But Father her... Ted, Sister Boniface. Father <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brown. Father Brown, not Father, sorry. Father Brown, Sister show. Boniface. Okay. Frederick Greenwood is played by Simon Shepard. Both those names sound out of uh, Out of fiction. some sort of like Jane Austen novel, yes. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It sounds like, a, like they're trying to make a character in this in this screenplay, Simon Shepard, like since all the characters are shepherds in As You Like It, okay, or so many sure. characters, so I was like, he, both of these names could be <laughs> part of this show, <laughs> is what I was thinking. So he was on a show, I don't know if it came over to the US, but it was called Peak Practice. It was very successful, 1993 to 2002. It was their most popular show on ITV, and it was about country <laughs> doctors and a doctor who's returned from setting up a clinic in Africa. And it's a drama. Simon played the doctor who just wants to golf all the time. Not <laughs> not the guy who set up the clinic in Africa and is clearly, you know... Clearly an A student overachiever. Yeah, and much more morally superior than, than the rest of us. Uh, he was... <laughs> Simon Shepard was also in Kenneth Branagh's Henry IV, or Henry V, and he is currently the voice of Sir David Friend on Alex Ryder, which is an animated action drama. I don't know if you know mm, that. No, not at all. Uh, it's pretty current. Okay, three interesting things about him. Please. He, he did one episode of a TV show in the 1990s called Cluedo, which is a unique game show in which celebrities try to deduce which of the classic characters committed a murder by watching a short film and interviewing the suspects? I don't even know what that means, interviewing the suspects. I but it sounds fantastic, it. and I'm sure it's totally inappropriate, but it does not <laughs> stand the test of time. But I would love to see if we could make it We'll see if we can figure out how to find that. <laughs> and then second interesting thing about him is he's done a bunch of things that are called, like, 
Tales of Erotica and Erotic Tales. <laughs> what? Really? <laughs> like, it, that's in his TV and film resume or all these things. And I just wonder if, like, that kind of... If, because that's in his resume and like that's part of like his personal sure. attitude. Sure, I mean he's definitely ro- he's definitely rocking the whole silver fox, yeah, suave and gentleman collar kind of thing. That's his vibe. Then yeah. casting directors are like, okay, we always cast this guy. Is yeah, like, this guy. The guy that's you need an erotic. Here you go. Trying to get all the older ladies like hot and bothered or whatever. <laughs> older um, ladies, any ladies. Oh, okay. Luella was not that into him. I Fair mean, enough. Well, Luella also saw her mother canoodling with him. You see your mother canoodling yeah. with anybody. That is not anybody. That person is instantly unattractive to you. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. So then the third interesting thing about him was that he was in Spice World. <laughs> he, played, <laughs> he played the doctor. I did not see that film. I don't know who the doctor is, but apparently but he, if you he, saw it, he was in it. <laughs> he was in it. He played the doctor. So, of course, they send Orlin to the doctor, different doctor, not him. But now that there's poisoning and an actual attempted murder, the police and Hathaway's ex-partner Marlo have been called. But Frank is on top of it. He knows that it was aconite poisoning used on Orlan, and the fact that aconite poisoning is made from plants and wolfsbane, and that a groundskeeper is a suspect, which means it's time for Sebastian Disguise time! He puts on a gray suit and pretends to be a health inspector named Corin Silvius, which... More points to you if you know that those are actually two names of the nobles in As You Like It. This time, Sebastian tries to deceive Adam and find out how much Adam knows about aconite and wolfsbane, the plant that the poison comes from. He discovers that Adam was burning some of the flowers and that the plants were the reason the lower field was closed. So even though Adam swears he didn't put it on Orlin's racket, as the only and best suspect at this point, he's taken into custody. So Jessica... Now that we've seen Sebastian in his costume, why don't you tell us about Sebastian? Sebastian is played by Patrick Walsh McBride, and he is becoming quite the established actor, appearing in TV series like Inspector Lewis and Holby City. And Father Brown and Sister Boniface. (laughs) And what's his, Turner and Hooch, what's the one with the dog? Oh, that's Canada. Okay, that's Canada. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. He also appeared as Lord Ruven in the hit miniseries Dracula. <laughs> oh my god, I totally want to see him in I Dracula. Know, I just know I just want to see him play Dracula. Let's yes. have that man play, let's have that man play a little like weird physical comedy, a little fey Dracula. I'm all for it. Bring yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And then Mike Grady plays Adam Old No, and that's the best name ever. He has many credits. He's a, you know, an older guy. And Father Brown, Sister Boniface. <laughs> but his most notable and regular paycheck since 2013 has been Thomas and Friends. That's the tank engine. The tank engine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he plays Sir Robert Normby, who is a railway buff, an actual human, not a train. He plays an actual, okay, great, yeah, actual human. This up. All right. Well, even though they've got a suspect, things still don't add up, especially when they found out that Adam had told Frederick about the plant. So now we know that Frederick knew how to poison someone if he wanted to. And perhaps he did do that just as a distraction. So Shakespeare and Hathaway are beginning to suspect there is no blackmailer, that this is all a con from Frederick. They go to talk to him, and not only does he magically have new instructions on where to leave the 200,000 pounds, He's also found someone to donate the 200,000 pounds. And guess who it is, Jessica? Who? 
Well, you don't have to guess. You saw the show. You know who it is. It's Genevieve. Come on. Head in the game, herd. <laughs> so yes, Genevieve, Luella's mom. And Genevieve does not like the fact that Luella is not pleased with this. And Luella is trying to tell her that she's giving her money to a con man. Genevieve is not pleased with that. They have a big blowout fight. And Genevieve unloads her true feelings that she does not like Luella's new job. And she doesn't even think that Luella is very qualified to do it. It's pretty wretched. Luella gets really angry and upset, yells at her mom, and then realizes, oh, crud, I have to go take this test just to prove that I'm qualified enough for you. So she rushes out to take her PI exam in a horrible, stressed out, unstudied frame of mind. So she goes there. Genevieve still goes ahead with it. She gives the money to Frederick, but he doesn't want to stick around to make sure the blackmailer takes it. Because Celia tells everyone that Orlin is recovering in the hospital. So Frederick is like, I have to rush and go give him my apologies and just be there for him. So he rushes off, but not before he tells everyone that he doesn't want any cameras and no police and no funny business around this drop. He just wants to give the money to the blackmailer. Just let him take it. He even kicks Frank off the case. That's it. You're done. We're doing this and we're giving away the money. But something is still bugging Frank. So he starts looking through the security logs and discovers that not only did Rose and Orlin and Adam have access to Frederick's offices in order to deface the picture, but there's another security code in the system. And this security code is the same date as Frederick's first wife's birthday. So Frank is now convinced that Frederick is the criminal. And you know who else is convinced? Shakespeare. Halfway through her test, which she's left practically blank. She's so concerned with this case. She has this revelation. She's like, oh my gosh, it's Frederick. And this was all a distraction. He's meant to kill Orlan this entire time. So she quickly, like randomly, like fills out the rest of her test, just X's through a bunch of random multiple choice questions and calls Frank and tells him, this is the plot. This is the plot. Frederick is trying to kill Orlan. Frank tells her not to go to the hospital. It's too dangerous for her to confront Frederick. She should go to the tennis club to watch the money. He'll go confront. He'll go confront Frank. So as so as Luella rushes off to the club to protect the money, Jess, why don't you tell us all about her? Luella Shakespeare is played by Joe Joyner. One of Joe's biggest roles was on East Enders, which mm. is a big old soap opera. Lots and lots and lots Thousands of, of episodes. Yeah, episodes. And she played the legendary character Tanya Branning. The twice ex-wife of show stalwart Wait. Matt Brand. Oh my Brand. god, twice ex-wife. I'm not even gonna ask you how that happened. I know you don't know, it's a soap but opera. I still think exactly it's a soap opera. That's that's how it happened, Jacob. It's a soap opera, but I love that. Twice. Which means of course, well, there was at least one wedding on the show then. Maybe yes. not two weddings, but there was at least one wedding on of the show her. that you got. Yeah, With exactly. I love yeah. it. She's also had major roles in series like Ackley Bridge, Original Lies, Marley's Ghosts, as well as minor roles as guest stars on major TV shows like Spooks and Silent Witness, Doctor Who, Murdoch Mysteries, which I would love to see her on. That oh my gosh, fantastic. yeah, we totally need to see her on Murdoch Mysteries. Yeah. She's also, it appears, totally right that it's Frederick because even Genevieve is coming around to her point of view. Genevieve calls Luella and leaves a message, you know what, maybe she's not so sure about Frederick because she's checking the security codes herself and something fishy is here. But before she gets too far, Celia interrupts her and asks her to retrieve Frederick's watch from the sauna. Apparently, he left it in the sauna when they were in there. Genevieve goes to retrieve it, but when she's in there, someone locks her in the sauna, and she can't breathe, and she's got some peril. And I want to take a pause here, and I want to say, people, 
This whole idea that you're going to somehow suffocate or cook or something in a sauna, it's a myth. It's a myth. You'll be fine. They've done studies. It's like in the 70s how everybody thought that quicksand was lurking around every corner. Or like Goldfinger can somehow kill people by painting them all over in gold. Oh no, what's going to happen? It doesn't happen like that, people. Okay. It just doesn't happen like that. This has been your Logic Cop Moment by Jacob. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but anyways, there's peril here now. And the chase is on. Shakespeare rushes to the tennis club. Hathaway's rushing to the hospital. At the hospital, Frank confronts Frederick, who denies everything. He says he'd never steal from Genevieve. He was about to ask Genevieve to marry him. He even says the wife's birthday code for the office wasn't his. So if it wasn't his, whose was it? We don't know, but Luella gets to the club and she finds Rose Lynn drunk off her brain. She's just drinking champagne like there's no tomorrow because as far as she's concerned, there is no tomorrow because she's quitting. She's finally gotten up the courage to quit this. And you know what? Good for her. I'm glad someone has enough sense to leave all the drama behind them. So why don't you tell us all about her? Rose Lynn is played by Gemma Moore who had a small role in Wonder Woman. She was... Really? A, yeah, she was a Queen's Guard. Okay, very and cool. she's done a number of video games, shorts, and she's been a producer and done crew gigs. One of the reasons she's so bitter and happy to leave is that Celia never does any work around here. She's spoiled and pampered. She didn't even do any work when she was partnered with Adam, the groundskeeper. And Luella puts it all together based on that. It was Celia all along because she would have known about the poison. She didn't want to work. Great. So, yes, it was Celia. Lou rushes to the office to stop Celia from stealing the money, and Celia confesses to everything. Originally, she was going to use the money to run away with Orlan, but she found him cheating, or as she puts it, playing mixed doubles with a couple (laughs) other people in the club. So she decided, you know what? She's going to poison him and keep the money herself. Shakespeare tries to stop her, but Celia reveals, hey, you know what? You can stop me or you can go save your mother from the sauna, which again, I just want to point out, she's going to be okay. (laughs) You're not actually, anyways, but anyways, there's a tearful reunion and it's a good thing I'm not in charge of chasing Celia because she totally would have gotten away while I was yelling about everybody's misconceptions about saunas. (laughs) Instead, As Celia tries to get away, the police have been called. They block her in. She can't drive away. Doesn't matter. She gets out of her car and starts running through the tennis club. Shakespeare and Hathaway corner her in a tennis court. And her big, her big, I'm going to get away with this, is she takes the tennis ball machine and like cranks it up to like 95 miles an hour and just starts pelting the people with tennis balls to keep them at bay. Yeah, yeah. Frank, of course, is useless because we all know he can't hit a tennis ball. But Shakespeare, Luella has a nice little backhand and she wings one of the tennis balls back at uh, Celia, which knocks her in the head. And with that, she's captured and the day is saved. Huzzah! So everybody, the whole crew goes to celebrate with a pint at the pub. Everyone asks how Shakespeare did on the exam. She's convinced that she failed. She just filled out the form randomly when she had this idea. But at that moment, she gets a text and she learns that she did good enough to pass. So wait a minute. Wait a minute, how hard exactly are these PI certification tests? Like, could we get them with our guesses? Because I'm kind of feeling like these tests aren't so hard. (laughs) Because everybody keeps passing them with only like cramming at the last minute. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking we could become private investigators, Jessica. 
Maybe. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. For <laughs> we, sure. We have Let's to be doing, but we have to do better than we're doing at this guesses because <laughs> we are not doing well with these guesses. No, no. Not with the details they're giving us. <laughs> All right. So there you go. There's everything. There you know. There was tennis balls. There was flowery poisons. There was killed mascots, yeah. which I think that's a first. I don't think we've ever run into like a mascot murder a yet. A dead furry. A dead Are furry. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure we, I think we would have remembered if people had started killing like full bodysuit costumes. I think well, that, yeah. that, that bears, that, was, that bears remembering. That was a costume. It wasn't right. even a person. Yes. So like. You, Nobody actually died in this episode. You're right. You're right. Nobody actually died. There was lots of talk of murder, but it was yeah. this really was just like a blackmail kind of episode, not an actual murder episode, yeah. Yeah. which is fine. Don't get me wrong. We're here for any kind of crime. We'll guess on any crime you want to you want to send our way. Someone stealing your lunch money? Great. We'll guess about it. Yeah. Someone like pickpocketed you? Sure. We'll make some guesses. Did you go out and uh, lift some five-finger discount from a store? We'll make guesses. I think you took some Laffy Taffy. Maybe you stole a nice blouse from Target. I I'm prepared to guess on any of these things, so I'm fine with that. I mean, I'll be wrong, just like I was again this week. <laughs> Even all of my work with coming up with this brilliant back character of Jaco. Yeah, you really did. Well... With that, I will say thank you very much for listening to Clue Done It. We are going to take a few weeks off for a little bit. We're going to celebrate the summer here. Go out, have, have a little fun. So I encourage all of you to not go out, frankly. Keep watching those murder mysteries. Hone your guessing skills. Maybe you'll get better than us. Tell us what we should be watching. Find us on the social media. Yes. And uh, we will see you back here in a few weeks. I'm Jacob. I'm Jessica. See ya. See ya. everybody thanks for listening we really appreciate it and now we want to hear from you tell us your guesses your scores your insider info your favorite logic cop catches and your suggestions for what shows we should watch next follow us and join the fun on twitter at clue or on instagram and facebook at clue podcast rate us and review us on apple podcasts to help get the word out because watching tv is always, always better, better with, with friends, friends. Oh yeah, there's there's a dark underbelly to Thomas the Tank Engine. Perilous Tank Engine, a Toltarian nightmare. Did I say that right? Toltarian. Totalitarian uh, nightmare. Uh, <laughs> this is this has been once again your weekly episode of Jacob and Jessica trying to figure out how to pronounce words. Cultural <laughs> Marxism, Thomas the Tank Engine. There's there is no possibility for improved working conditions in this nightmarish nightmarish fascist. Corpocracy? Corpocracy? Corpocracy. Anyway, uh, yeah, we sit around and try to pronounce things.